a Podcast One production. You have to have a really, really clear purpose. So for me, high performance starts with a mindset. People say, is it an attitude? Is it a set of behaviours? But for me, it's a mindset. I'm Margie Hartley, executive coach to senior leaders around the globe, as well as 11 of the top ASX listed companies. And this is Fast Track. I don't think I know anyone who woke up in the morning and said, yes, I want to be average today. But few adults really ever unlock the secrets to human performance or their potential. It's talked about a lot and examined, particularly in the sports arena, but not so much in corporate life. In this episode, I want to bust a few myths and understand better the ingredients to human performance and how we can think differently about reaching our potential. Joining me is Darren Everett. Darren is the club psychologist for the Greater Western Sydney AFL side. He's also in private clinical practice as a psychologist, and he's previously worked at the Australian Institute of Sport, the Gold Coast Suns, the Australian Olympic team, and the Commonwealth team. He's also worked at Coca-Cola. What an extraordinary CV, Darren. What was the catalyst for you pursuing this work for high performance? I became really interested at the age of four is the time I can first remember. So my young brother was be inside playing Lego, watching TV, and I'd be up in the rain kicking a football, hitting a tennis ball against the wall, and really trying to understand how I could get better at that early age. I then went on to become an athlete from in my 20s onwards, and I was okay at it, but there was people who were a hell of a lot better than me. So I had to find an edge, I had to find something different. So I really started to become interested in well, if I eat better and if I if I train my mind better, will that give me the edge? So from a competitive perspective, I was always trying to look at the competitors to see where they were at, what they were doing, but how could I be better than them? So I've been fascinated by high performance ever since. And so was it at that point that in your 20s that you jumped into this world of psychology and high performance or did you? No, so I was living in, in Europe as an athlete and was going okay, but I realised that at some, some point in time I was going to need to, to change careers. And I'd worked with a doctor, I'd worked with a physio, I'd worked with a psychologist. I was like, well, they're pr- three pretty good careers I could take on. Medicine was too long, physio didn't pay enough, and everyone came to me with their problems. So I was like, hang on a minute, let's let's explore this psychology field. So did you come back to Australia and do a psychology yeah, degree? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and you went through whole the, the whole process. Yes. And in that process of studying psychology, did you learn what you needed to know that unlock the secrets for human potential? No. So I, I, I can still remember on my very first day at university, was Sydney University, and I met my wife across the road at, at um, Broadway Shopping Centre afterwards. And she said, so what have you learned about yourself? And I said, nothing. It's so boring. Um, and we called it rats and stats because all we worked with was rats and stats. And then when the time comes that you're actually finally sitting in, in front of someone, you have this massive imposter syndrome thinking, how the hell can I help this person? And so whilst the degree gives you really good grounding, there's nothing like learning sort of on your feet and having amazing supervisors that you can go back and and reflect on the sessions with. So Mm -hmm. that's where my my learnings came from. So what made you start to work with sports teams? I understand this might sound obvious because you love sports, Mm -hmm. but you were sitting down there helping people on a daily basis as a clinical site. So why go back to sport? I really 
you know, having spent years getting chased around with skinfold calipers and training programs, I was scarred and, and burnt out essentially. And the last thing I wanted to do was was work with high performing people. I just wanted to go away, sit in the community, and just help people out. But I found that whenever sport was on the TV, I looked at it differently, and I was always looking to see who might have been getting the edge out there. And it was a really critical point in time where um, the particular football team that I followed was playing in the FA Cup final in, in the UK. I suggested to my wife that we fly there for the weekend. And I'm sitting in the stands as the game's going on thinking, this is a pretty crazy thing to do, to fly all the way to London, to watch a football match of 90 minutes, and then to fly back home. So I remember at 3 a.m. that mo- the next morning, so what's the game on the Saturday, woke up 3 a.m. on the Sunday, and emailed, emailed um, to uh, the New South Wales Institute of Sport saying, hey, let's explore me coming and working for you guys. And that was the journey for high potential in sports fields. Yeah, that's where it all started. Yeah, but you've also worked in the corporate world. So mm. how do these two cross over? I've got a bit of a, a bugbear in my corporate leadership development work when people say, oh, yes, it's just like sports. And I say, no, we're not aiming for an AFL grand final. Mm. That's different. Mm. And so I get a little bit annoyed with the analogy sometimes. But there are there are things that we can draw on, aren't there? Commonalities. Absolutely. So for me, high performance is high performance. So whether you're a high-performing um, marketeer, whether you're a high-performing um, lawyer or a high-performing swimmer or football player, the, the principles of high performance are, are really, really similar. So what are they? Here we go. I want I want to know. So first and foremost you have to have a really, really clear purpose. So for me, high performance starts with a mindset. People say, is it an attitude? Is it a set of behaviours? But for me, it's a mindset. So what I call a purpose mindset. So those high performers, be it in business, be it in sport, music, the arts, they're really, really purposeful. They're uber clear on where they're going and they're obsessive about how they're going to master their craft to get there. So again, it's, it's a mindset. It's a purpose mindset in particular. And then it's a commitment to really building the skills to master your craft. So building the skills of I'm a lawyer, continuing to focus on being the best lawyer I can be in my world and the mindset that's required. I mean, there's a lot of, I've got a self-doubt fairy on one shoulder and I've got the you go girl on the other shoulder, uh, along with a few other voices. But how do we play into that high performance mindset? So there's, there's two really distinct paths, but two really important paths. So the first path is the path to mastery. So again, being really aware of the skills that you need to have specific to your role, being really clear on that and actually setting out with a plan on how you're going to develop those skills. And that's a lonely, rocky road fought with pitfalls and challenges and ups and downs. And mistakes. And, and mistakes yeah, and setbacks. Of so in sports, I'm thinking about someone, Buddy Franklin, standing in front of the goals, kicking goal after goal yeah. after goal, or I'm thinking of Tiger Woods as a kid kicking that golf ball and a lawyer yep. studying and retraining and continually working to be their best. So there's that path which we can which we can explore in more detail, the, the, the building of mastery under pressure. But there's also the, the set of skills that you need to have, the set of mental skills that if you if you do get off track and, and likely when you do get off track, do you have the skills to be able to bring yourself back? Because that's when self-doubt is screaming you in the face 
um, imposter syndrome, the I'm not good enough story, and being able to know how to navigate yourself back onto that path is really, really critical. So mindset and mastery, critical to high performance. So what are the tips that you would give people to start to learn about the awareness of what that looks like on a daily basis? Yeah, so one of the things I find that people, people, the mistake people can make is they can constantly be comparing themselves to others. So what I really encourage people to do is to look around them at people that are in their field that are successful and try to identify the, the skills, um, soft or hard skills that they embody and go away and try to work really hard on building those. But, but that's where it stops. You don't actually, com- you're not, I don't want you to be comparing yourself to others. I want you to be comparing yourself to the best version of you, but be aware of those skills that those people have. And so it's a real commitment to mastery. And like I said, it's a really long, lonely road. So that the best way to approach that is each day having a clear purpose on what you're going to walk, what you're going to be working on today or how you're going to become great today. And then what happens is if you, if you look at it just as one day in isolation, but then you stitch together tomorrow and then the next day and then the next day and then the next day, then you've got, you've got five working days in a row and you stitch one great week together with another week together and you've got two weeks and three weeks and so forth because the thought of you know a 10-year journey is really challenging, um, can be inhibiting to performance. So if you take a how do I be great today linked to your purpose, that, that's a much more um, easy way to go about things. And it's applicable not only in the sports world but the corporate world. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and it transfers to... Do you want to be the best father possible? Do you want to be the best mother possible? Do you want to be the best um, employee possible? Do you want to be the best athlete? The, again, the principles are the same. Okay, that's really fascinating. Can I be a high-performing individual in a team of average performers? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'll be honest, it, it's much more difficult because, you know, what the research has proven now is that the environment is really, really critical to high performance. So ideally, you're going to get the best chances of success if you are in a high-performing environment, but if you're not, that it's, it's still achievable. What I've found historically is that high performers are likely to leave that environment over time to seek out a high-performing environment, but absolutely you can. I believe that, that people can control only four things. They can control their thoughts, their attitudes, their actions, and their effort. And those thoughts, attitudes, action, and effort that's it within your control. So whether the environment is high performing, whether it's substandard or whether it's just average, those four things are completely in your control. Does everyone quest for high performance? I said in my introduction, I don't know anyone who said, yes, I'm going to be average today. Mm. But maybe people do. Does does everyone want to get better? It's really interesting. So right now we've got 25 million Australians. Um, 20 million of those are, are adults so over the age of 18. And what we know is only 10% of them set goals. So here we have 90% of our population, of our adult population, who aren't setting goals. So whilst they don't set out today to be average, to be mediocre, it's just that they get in the groove of their comfort zone and they're not particularly purposeful. Sure, they're purposeful in the sense that they get up, they go to work, they might drop the children off, but then they come home and it's rinse and repeat. Whereas what I'm suggesting is that I want people to be wake up every day and be really clear on what their purpose is 
then how they're going to go about achieving that today. So what would you recommend to people to shift that from no goals to having purpose and checking them off in yeah, a day? So so that what comes down to now is the distinction between goals and a vision, okay? My preference is that people talk about a vision because goals essentially sit within a vision. So what a vision does, it tells you where you're going. It tells you, most importantly, why you're going there and how you're going to get there. And then once you're really clear on your vision, so why, why you want to go there, where you're going, how you're going to get there, then you work back from there and then you set goals, which are the stepping stones or the milestones on how to get there. And so then what might be a 10-year vision or a 15-year vision can be broken down into what are we going to achieve in the next 12 months? And to achieve that, what are we going to achieve in the next six months? What are we going to achieve this quarter, this month, this week? And ultimately, like I said, what are we going to achieve this day? So having your purpose, having your vision is probably the most critical um, piece of advice I can give. If I can give you some insight um, at the Giants, there's um, a particular player there that, that really buys into this mindset. Um, he's a fantastic player and he'll often come into um, a side office um, that's off my office and what he'll do, he would have spoken to the coaches the night before. He's really aware of what the training drills are that are coming up and he's in there rehearsing how he's going to go about and perform each one of those drills based on what his purpose for today is. So he, he goes out and every single minute of the session is about him getting better. And then you'll stand on the sideline and you'll grab a young boy before he runs out, maybe his first year in the system, and you'll say, hey, what's your purpose today? What's your focus? And they often will say to me, Darren, seriously? I should have a purpose? Don't I just do what the coach said? I'm here to train. And what we find is those boys are very good athletes, but their likelihood of success is more limited than those that are really purposeful. How would I apply that in the workplace? So the, the principles are exactly the same. So again, if you know what your vision is, where you're heading, what your goals are, so what your milestones are, then you link today and only today back to that purpose. So when I turn up to the office today, this is how I'm going to show up. This is what I'm going to focus on. When I'm faced with adversity or challenge, this is how I'm going to go about it. So you are really clear and almost leaving nothing to chance or preempting as much of the day as possible and making that day about you becoming better. So what are the key conditions yep. needed for high performance, both in the workplace and sports teams? Because I know often people can go from being a high performer in one environment and move into another environment yep. and fail. Yeah. There's some really good research that supports that the, the best high performing environments, irrespective of, of the sport or, or um, the business, they're based around two critical principles, high support and high challenge. So what, what you may, what people may have experienced is they've been envir environments that are really, really supportive, but it's not a lot of challenge. So what's likely to happen there is you're not likely to grow at the rate you need to. On the flip side of the coin, there's plenty of environments that I've been in where they're extremely high challenge, but there's no support. And essentially what happens then is people start to operate on fear. And fear is debilitating and fear is not sustainable. And it's anxiety-inducing. And I, I don't know anyone who can really perform well under those sustained anxious conditions. Yep. Is that fair? Absolutely. So if you're, if you're managing people, you're managing a business, I'd really like you to consider how do I challenge my people, but then in equal measures, how do I support them? 
So culture then, the culture of high performance, you've had experience across Olympics, yeah. across, you know, major sports teams that are incredibly successful and Coca-Cola, not a mm. small brand. Mm. I'm curious about the culture impacts around high performance because I do know I can have high performing people mm-hmm. who actually destroy a culture through their bad behaviour. What's your knowledge and experience of this? It's, it's really, it's a fine line, but it's a critical piece to get right. You know, what I found from my experience, both in corporate and sport, is that almost every organisation that I've been attached to, or almost every sporting team, be it Olympic team or, or professional team, if you dig into someone's bottom drawer, there'll be the, the, the vision for the company, there'll be the mission statement, but it's actually not lived on a daily basis. It's not connected to. Whereas the teams that I've been with that have had really great levels of success, both in the AFL and, and um, in, in um, the corporate world and also in the Olympic sports, their vision, their their mission, it's it's genuinely their guiding their guiding philosophy. It's it's what informs them every single day. And there's complete ownership, complete responsibility and accountability around that. The famous example is the London Olympics yeah. in Australia. Yeah. And we went with a team that was really deemed to be winning many, many gold medals mm-hmm. in the tally. And we came back with about yeah. half of what we were expecting. Yeah. Was that down to culture? Because we were predicting high performance based on the training rate. Yeah. So going into the Rio Olympics 2016, we wanted to learn from the London Olympics. Um, I've got a mentality that you don't win or lose, you win or learn. So London was a fantastic example to learn from. And there was two things that we found. One, we found that the people hadn't done the work mentally so hadn't, like I said, if you get off track, how do you get yourself back on track? They hadn't done that level of work. So when they arrived um, at this high-pressure environment that only occurs once every four years, they hadn't done the mental skills work to be able to handle that pressure. But secondly, and potentially most importantly, there was a group of athletes, wonderful human beings, who weren't all walking in the same direction. There was no, there was no common purpose. So what we did really well at Rio Olympics, which was a much more successful Olympics, is we're really clear on what our common purpose is. You were an Australian athlete before anything else. And accountability too. I, I imagine, you know, if you're not walking the talk, then it's about accountability as well. There's a great saying, I've been lucky enough to go into the GWS change rooms and there's a, a big saying printed on the wall that really resonates with me when I think about performance and accountability. What is that again? Um, what it is, it's the standards that you walk past are the standards that you accept. So one of the things that I really advocate to the staff there, the staff at the Olympics um, and the corporate work that I do is that standards are everything because standards are beha- linked to behaviours. Behaviours are in your control. So if you're turning a blind eye to substandard behaviours, what starts to happen then is one person says, well, why is it okay for this particular person to behave in that way and there's no consequences for their actions. And then for me, when I behave in that particular way, there's consequences for me. And so what starts to happen is you start to disconnect um, from the organisation that you're in and then as a result of that, your discretionary effort usually goes down. And this idea of people being rewarded for performance differently from other people that would be a derailer for high performance, wouldn't it? Long, sustainable high Absolutely. performance. Absolutely. What, what you tend to do then is you start to, whether it's consciously or subconsciously, you start to take your foot off the gas 
And high performance is not about taking your foot off the gas. It's having the courage to really go for it. But if you're, if you're unclear on what the standards are because of the way that they're being enforced or, or not enforced, then it, it's really hard to plough forward day in, day out, making these really tough, these tough sacrifices. So is the motivation required for high performance, is that mental toughness that yeah. people often talk about? Motivation is really interesting because a lot of people will come to me and they'll say, Darren, I'm lacking motivation at the moment. But what I find, and, and again, it's backed up by research, is that it's not that you're lacking motivation. It's just that your, your purpose and your meaning is not really well defined. Say, for example, we jump in the car now. We have no idea where we're going. We just start driving. Maybe it's fun, maybe it's not. You call me tomorrow, you ask me to do the same thing. We start driving around the streets, got no idea where we're going. You ask me a third day, I'm probably going to make an excuse to not come with you. It's not that I'm not motivated. It's just that there's no meaning or purpose behind our behaviour. But if I invited you into my unair-conditioned barina that was heading to Queensland and we had a great purpose, you'd be in in a minute. Absolutely. So again, if your motivation's lacking, you've got to come back to your purpose. What am I really trying to... What am I striving for here? What am I really going after? I could talk to you for hours mm. about human potential high performance. Mm. A lot of teams that I work with say to me, well, what is a high-performing team? Yeah. It's almost a challenge back. Mm -hmm. Have you got a definition for high-performing teams? I've mentioned purpose many a time today. Again, it, it, it must start with a purpose mindset. It must be, must have a purpose for where the team or where the organisation's going. Each individual's purpose within that team must be clearly aligned. So then we have everyone moving in the same direction. But having a purpose is only is only part of the part of the equation. Then what we've got to have is this absolute extreme ownership, this this commitment to to building our craft and building mastery towards our craft. But there must be ownership, there must be responsibility, and there must be accountability. And the difference that I find is usually at that point there. Usually the teams that don't perform as well, it's not because they're lacking skill. It's because they tend when they're reviewing their performance be it in sport, be it in business, there's blame, there's excuse, there's denial, there's finger pointing. Avoidance. Avoidance, which is absolutely not high performance. So yes, purpose is critical. Yes, commitment to mastery is critical. But then there's the extreme ownership, the, the post-mortem reviews of your, your business performance, your board meeting performance, your football performance. And then from off the back of that, being really aware of where your growth is and then committing to that growth. As I said, I could talk to you for hours, Darren. I want to thank you so much for coming in today and giving us a taste of this idea about high performance. Have you got any last tips for us about how we can practice a daily high performance routine? As, as a starting point, get really clear on what your purpose is. Why, why are you doing this job? Why are you going after that promotion? Why are you trying to run that marathon in under three hours and 30 minutes? Get really, really clear on your purpose. And then from there, strip everything back and just make it about today and only today. Thank you so much, Darren, and good luck with this year. Thanks very much. Fast Track was presented by me, Margie Hartley, and created in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Producer, Tina Matalov. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. Executive producer, Jennifer Goggin. To hear more episodes, listen for free at podcastoneaustralia.com.au 
download the free Podcast One Australia app or search Fast Track Podcast.